0: Everyone, this is a host for the most, Walt Van Dam. We are here with our brand new friends here at Don Juan Cafe. We'd like to promote them. They're on 24 East Tennessee Street in Baldensville New York. Give them a call, 315 303
1: You fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day. The clock takes life away. It's so unreal. It didn't look the below. Watch the time go right trying to remind myself how I tried I so more, in spite of the way you were mocking me, acting like I was part of your property, remembering all the times you fought with me, I'm surprised it got so, so aren't the way they were before, you wouldn't even recognize me anymore, not that you knew me back then, but it all comes back.
0: were getting fed up. They were tired of being promoted as a surf group. They were having their issues with Capitol Records. They wanted to record their own music. Capitol wanted them to record their own style of music and Mike Lovesher, sure, he wasn't helping matters only because he wanted them to go back and record their old songs. Their last album in the 1960s released for Capitol Records was called 2020, which is ironic because I'm recording this in 2020. Yeah, so funny. That because it was the 20th album that they did since it began, including live albums and greatest hits albums. By this time, the Beach Boys contract with Capitol was about ready to expire. Good. They owed them one album and one single. And they just decided to release 2020 was a great great album probably their best album that they did after pet sounds in the late 60s a lot of the songs were in their own style their own vein and it was great but like i said in late 60s their popularity had sunk so bad 2020 did sell better than friends but not by much unfortunately this was also the time period where Dennis Wilson ended up meeting Charles Manson and Charles Manson wanted to be a musician. He wanted to be a popular musician. So he felt being a friend with the beach boys with one of the beach boys could really help elevate him to the next level. No shit. So the beach boys recorded one of his songs, which was called never learn not to love, released it on the album 2020. It was the B-side of their single Bluebirds Over the Mountain, and it didn't become a hit. And Charles Banson thought they totally destroyed his song. He wanted, I believe, Charles Banson wanted to kill Dennis Wilson because I you know about Charles Banson, He was sick. And this really did not help the Beach Boys image at all either. Beach Boys didn't know either, Walt. The Beach Boys wanted out of their contract from Capitol Records. 1970 was rapidly approaching. They wanted a new, fresh start. They released their last single with Capitol Records, which was called Breakaway, in 1969. Breakaway was an excellent song. And many people have said, and I agree with this, that it was their best single that they released that wasn't a hit song. It's a great song. But because, again, the Beach Boy's popularity was basically non-existent. They were forgotten about. The Doors were huge. Jimi Hendrix was huge. Um, different bands were coming onto the scene all the time. The Hippie era was in full effect. This is a time around Woodstock. But in a way, this was probably a good thing for the group. Because it had so much headaches with Capitol Records. It had so much headaches the past few years that they wanted a fresh start. So they finally broke their contract with Capitol Records in late 1969 and wanted to find a new record company. They ended up signing up with Warner Brothers Brothers Records. And they thought this was gonna be a great start, a brand new start. They could do what they wanted to do. They could show they evolved as musicians. They've shown they've grown, show they've developed and this is going to be a brand new era for them so what happened warner brothers was excited the beach boys were excited the fans weren't <laughs> by this time the beach Boys, no one cared about them unfortunately it was sad but it's the truth nobody cared about them they were a, a relic of a bygone age yeah. they recorded an album in 1970 the first album for warner brothers records which was called Sunflower. Sunflower was an excellent album. Many people feel it's their second greatest album right behind Pet Sounds, and I definitely agree with that statement as well. The difference between Sunflower and Pet Sounds was, Pet Sounds was basically a Brian Wilson production, where Sunflower, all the members of the group, Brian, Mike, Carl, Dennis, Al, And Bruce all got together and recorded at least one song for the album. So it was more of a group effort. It's sad because at the time it was the worst selling studio album that they had done and it's really sad because that album is a cult classic. It's one of their best and it's really sad that the album sales didn't reflect the great artistic quality that was on the record. The Beach Boys knew they had to change their image. They had to become relevant again. They had to become well-known again. They were proud of their history. They were proud of all the songs they recorded. But their image was one of a bygone era, and they still wanted to be known as relevant. The Grateful Dead were kind enough to let the Beach Boys actually perform with them on a concert in early 1971. This showed a new generation of fans who really didn't care much about the Beach Boys, that the Beach Boys were actually really, really good. And a lot of fans forgotten how good they were. So the Grateful Dead really helped them bring back some of the popularity that they had lost. Thank you, Jerry Garcia. You're the best. The dynamics of the Beach Boys was changed as well. Brian was in really, really rough shape in this time. He was hibernating. He was staying in his room all the time, doing drugs, not taking care of himself, really depressed, having his mental health issues. Um, By this time, Bruce Johnston was having problems with their manager at the time, the Beachman's manager, and he decided to leave the group. And also at this time, Dennis got into an argument with his then wife. And punched a plain glass, plate glass window and damaged nerves in his hands so he couldn't drum anymore.
2: Will we, will we be seeing John Stamos anytime soon? Walt?
0: So because of Bruce quitting, dance, damaging the nerves in his hands, they employed two new members to the group. They were members of a group called The Flame, which Carl Wilson had found out about. And he invited them to help to join the Beach Boys, and they accepted. They had drummer Ricky Fatar and vocalist and guitarist Blondie Chaplin. This really brought about a new dynamic to the Beach Boys. They incorporated more soulful music, yeah. more funk, and you could tell it was their style, but not really. However, I love the two albums that the Beach Boys did with Blondie and Ricky. Um, The one that came out with in 1972 was called Carl and the Passion, So Tough. Because Carl was basically the leader now. Brian Wilson was unfortunately having a tough time, so Carl was taking over the lead of the group. And Holland, Holland was one of their best albums. They recorded it in Holland, go figure. And even though Brian was a part of it, He still was having problems and wasn't a major proponent of the album. When the Beach Boys released or sent the album Holland in for Warner Brothers to listen to it, Warner Brothers declined it. They said, there's no hit single on here. We don't really like it without a hit single. It needs a strong song to lead it off with. So Carl Incorporated, one of Brian's older works, a song called Sail On Sailor, put it on the album, released it as a single, Warner Brothers was happy, and released the album. Like I said earlier, Holland was a great, Holland is a great album, and the Beach Boys were just right there on the cusp of starting to get their popularity back because their live shows were doing excellent at the time. The Beach Boys live shows were really. This is the peak of their career for live shows. Because they would incorporate their old songs, but they also include some of the more recent songs from Sunflower, Surfs Up, Carlin the Passion So Tough, and Holland. I forgot to mention Surfs Up. That was the album that came out after Sunflower, and that was a great album too. So. This time, they started becoming known, and their concerts were doing really, really good. People were starting to talk about them again. By this time, in the early 1970s, there was a generation that didn't really know anything about the Beach Boys. One thing that was kind of ironic is that when Richard Nixon was president of the United States, the Beach Boys albums just were not selling. They weren't doing good at all. Nixon was president in the late 60s to early 1970s. And during the time period he was president, the United States was in chaos. We were dealing with the Vietnam War. We were dealing with protests. We were dealing with student demonstrations. And it was just a really difficult time. I think maybe that's part of the reason why the Beach Boys were so out of sync during the time period, because they were more fun and laid back where other groups were more hard edge and more political, maybe that's why the Beach Boys weren't as relevant at the time as many other groups. Capitol Records saw that the Beach Boys' live shows were getting a lot of critical acclaim, so they decided to release an album of their greatest hits, which was called Endless Summer, to basically cash it on the Beach Boys' growing popularity. This really became popular because now you had a whole bunch of people. You had the older generation that I remember when the Beach Boys were popular and they loved the old songs. They hadn't heard them in a while. And he had a brand new generation who was just being introduced to the Beach Boys who had heard their music and were taken aback. Nostalgia was a big trend in 1974 and the Beach Boys were right on that bandwagon. The album sold over a million copies It became a number one album, and due to the popularity of this album, the Beach Boys were back in the spotlight. They were after five, no, even longer, actually, seven long years of their popularity being basically non-existent, now they were being noticed again, now people wanted to hear them again, Warner Brothers knew about their newfound popularity. Capitol Records, their old record company, knew about the newfound popularity, they released a follow-up album in 1975 called Spirit of America, which included the hits that weren't featured on Endless Summer, and that became a big hit as well. However, sadly, Brian Wilson was still dealing with the personal demons that had affected him. Finally, his Brian's wife had dealt with enough. She employed the services of a psychiatrist named Dr. Eugene Landy to help Brian out. One of the things that Eugene Landy suggested was that Brian needed to get working again. He needed to get back into the studio and work with the Beach Boys again. He needed to get back in good shape, good health. He needed to stop doing drugs. He needed help. He needed to gain his confidence back. So Brian did just that. He went back to his studio, and for the first time in about a decade, he really worked together with the Beach Boys. He had to work with the Beach Boys periodically, on and off, but it wasn't that much. Like, he would do a song here and there. But in early 1976, he became a full-fledged Beach Boy once again. He was kind of pushed into it, which in a way was a good thing because if not, who knows what would have happened. Brian's health might have deteriorated even more. So the group and his wife really encouraged him to go out and do what he did best and record songs. So they wanted Brian to keep recording. He wanted to do, Brian originally got warmed up by doing uh, cover songs. He recorded a whole bunch of cover songs. And then the Beach Boys wanted to do a whole album of new songs. But right when they started doing the new songs, Brian's like, that's it. I'm done. The album's finished. It's completed. The album was released in the summer of the bicentennial year, 1976. And it was called 15 Big Ones. This was their first studio album since Holland in 1973. They released a single, a cover of Chuck Berry's song, Rock and Roll Music, and it became their first top 10 hit since Good Vibrations 10 years ago. Mike Love got the idea of promoting Brian Wilson being back. And unfortunately, now was a time that people started to know about his mental health issues and his problems. Brian was embarrassed by this, but he also, I think Brian knew he needed to get back to health, he needed to get better, so that's why he went along with it, and he went back on tour with the Beach Boys. So Brian was getting healthier, he was starting to do better mentally, he started to get his old groove back. And after 15 Big Ones was completed, Brian, for some reason or another, his motivation came back for a little spurt, and he started recording several new songs. He started to write a whole bunch of songs His, he had a reawakening he was inspired he was enlightened and he started to record songs for another Beach Boys album this album however was not like any Beach Boys album before or since Brian was always professional he always wanted to do special production techniques he always wanted to make crisp, clean sounding music. With this new album though, he emphasized on just having a that's it attitude. If there was notes that went flat, vocals that went flat, that was it. It was very, very sparse. And the Beach Boys went along with it. This was also the very first, and to date only, Beach Boys album where they truly incorporated a synthesizer into their album. The album was called Love You, and it was released early in 1977. By this time, history repeated itself because the Beach Boys were having problems with Warner Brothers records, and they wanted to get out of the contract with them. Their album, Love You, was considered by many critics to be one of Brian's best works. It wasn't a production masterpiece, but this was the most personal album that Brian had ever done. He wrote the lyrics for the album, which is something rarely ever did. Like I said before, the production techniques were all flat but this was the Beach Boys at their core. This was Sparrow's recording. This was Brian, this was Brian. This was Brian Wilson at his musical prowess. His production values were the antithesis of Pet Sounds, but there's a lot of great songs on here. Unfortunately, after the release of this album, Brian Wilson and his wife, Marilyn, ended up getting in divorce. And this started Brian on another downward spiral of taking drugs again, having to deal with his old mental health issues, having to deal with problems with the record company again. And the Beach Boys wanted to sign a new contract with a different record company. So they owed Warner Brothers one more album, and they decided to sign with CBS Records. On top of all this, tensions arose between the band. Mike Love and Al Jardine were really happy as the Beach Boys, as a nostalgic group, as an oldies group. Whereas Dennis and Carl wanted to keep going, making new albums, new ideas, new stuff so this caused a rift between the two factions and it ended up where carl and dennis were majorly involved with the production of their next album which would be their last for reprise records which would be called the miu album miu stood for (laughs) maharishi international university mike love was a very staunch follower follower of Transcendental Meditation and the bulk of the album was recorded at the MIU University. Unfortunately, like I said, Dennis and Carl weren't a major part. They didn't do the trip. It was just Brian, Mike and Al. Carl and Dennis did include a couple of tracks to the album, but it was really difficult time for the group. They almost broke up and they almost had split during this time period. After the MIU album was completed, the Beach Boys all got back together and recorded their first album for CBS Records, which was called LA Light Album. And they dabbled with disco for the very first time, and a lot of diehard Beach Boys fans were not for that at all. But the album was really more of an adult contemporary theme. It was very peaceful, very relaxing, kind of similar in reminiscence to the album Friends from a decade earlier. But Brian at this time was starting to deal with his mental health issues again. Bruce Johnston, who had quit in 1972, returned to the band during this time period. And the Beach Boys ended the 70s with another great album. In 1980, CBS Records really wanted Brian Wilson back at the helm because Allie Light Album, it was a good album, but it didn't sell that well. So they wanted Brian Wilson to produce most of the album, their next album. Brian was not up to the task, so it fell on Carl Wilson and Bruce Johnston to help make the new album which was keeping the summer alive. Keeping the summer alive came out in 1980 and after about 18 years the Beach Boys would take a long hiatus before they recorded their next studio album. Unfortunately, in December 1983, Dennis Wilson drowned off of the Pacific Ocean in due to an accident. They said alcohol was involved, but they consider his death as accidental. This really devastated the band, but they didn't want to split up the Beach Boys. But it was a horrible tragedy that really shook them to their foundation. In 1984, they hired the record producer for the band The Culture Club to help them with their next album. They wanted to, again, reinvent themselves, be relevant, and to be one of the bands that would fit in with the 1980s genre. So they recorded a self-titled album called The Beach Boys, which is their first album after the death of Dennis Wilson. Carl Wilson's what really shined on this album. He did a lot of wonderful singing, a lot of, all of the best songs from Carl. And it was a good album, it wasn't a great album, it definitely wasn't their best, but it was a really good return to form. In 1988, Brian Wilson was doing his own solo work, and the rest of the Beach Boys recorded a song called Kokomo. Kokomo was released on the uh, movie soundtrack for the movie Cocktail. Good movie. Star starred Tom Cruise. Yes, it did. Kokomo became a huge hit and once again sparked interest in the Beach Boys and brought them again to a new generation of fans. In 1992, the Beach Boys, without Brian Wilson, recorded an album called Summer in Paradise. Mike Love basically was controlled the whole album. And easily, it was the worst selling album of their career. Fans did not like it at all. The Beach Boys tried to cash in on the Kokomo trend, but by this time, times have changed again. Kokomo was four years ago, and fans did not buy the album. It's now really um, considered a cult classic because the copies were so rare that not too many people bought it, not too many people liked it, critics absolutely hated it, and the album was just not appreciated at all. The Beach Boys continued to tour. Brian Wilson was doing his own thing. He He was getting back to better health again. He remarried, and he was basically out as a solo artist, whereas the rest of the Beach Boys were doing their own thing. They were still on tour, but they weren't recording any albums. Um, There was a lot of tension between Mike and Brian because Mike sued Brian for some finances because of him writing the lyrics, so there was a lot of tension between the two. In 1998, Carl Wilson unfortunately passed away from cancer, and this splintered the Beach Boys. Brian was still doing his solo work, Al Jardine was in his own group, And the Beach Boys, Mike Ruff had actually gotten the name right to the Beach Boys, and he would perform with Bruce Johnson and other musicians at the time. In 2011, a special treat was compiled for the fans. The recordings of the album Smile was released in a set called The Smile Sessions these were several of the recordings that were recorded for the album smile and it would have it gave the fans a glimpse and a taste of what the album smile potentially could have been if it was completed i think a lot of fans might have been alienated by it because it was so far off kilter than what they had done but it was I think it was great, it was experimental, it was incredible, it was amazing. Brian really used his imagination for this album. So I'm glad that it was finally released after all this time. In 2012, the Beach Boys recorded a brand new album called That's Why God Made the Radio. It was their first new studio album in 20 years. And it was the first album of the 21st century, obviously. And it was this album actually had all the surviving Beach Boys members on there, which I thought was great. Thankfully, it was a much, much better album than Summer in Paradise, and the Beach Boys they still had it. So the legacy of the Beach Boys are a lot of ups and downs, triumphs and tragedies, heartache, and oh, just exhilaration. Their music was really what made them successful. The beautiful harmonies, the wonderful songs, and it's just a wonderful legacy. If I could recommend some Beach Boys albums for new fans to listen to, I would say... Probably they had a greatest hits album that came out in 2003 called Sounds of Summer. I would want them to start off with that just to get a general idea of their hits. But then for their studio albums, I would say Pet Sounds, Wild Honey, Sunflower, Love You, and for a fifth one, probably Holland. So there you go, there are listeners. Special message from Multipedia. This episode 9 of Pumpkin 101. Brian and Floyd weren't on this trip, but that's okay. Because they'll be on future episodes. And we know you fans are really, you guys have been awesome. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate all those people who have been following Pumpkin 101. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Floyd. Thank you, Kendra. I really, truly appreciate it. We have some ideas for some future podcasts. We'd like to get some more special guests on here. We're always coming up with new ideas, new topics. We're trying to keep you enlightened and educated because that's what Pumpkin 101 is all about. We're trying to teach you, we're trying to <laughs> educate you, we're trying to entertain you. That's the whole purpose of Pumpkin 101. So thank you very, very much for listening to this special episode 9, which was all about the Beach Boys, my favorite band. I hope you learned something about it. And hopefully you have a favorite band that you like to listen to. Music is a wonderful thing. Music helps with your emotional state. Music helps when you're depressed. It can help you eat when you're happy. Music is just a wonderful thing.
2: Aruba, Jamaica, Ooh, I want to take you, Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. You are no, I'm baby, why don't we go? Jamaica, off the Florida Keys. There's a place called Coca Mold. That's where you want to go to get away from it all.